Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, boys and girls. It's time for the Coffin Joe cast. The only show where pointing to your didgeridoo is not only encouraged, it's expected. So crack open another BB and throw some shrimp on the barbie. Welcome to Australia. It's sexy time. G'day, and welcome to the Coffin Joe cast. I am Killer Wilbur. And I'm Joel. And our third co-host from this week, uh, co-host of Joel's from 40 Going On 14, it's Josh. G'day, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, back. I remember last time I was on the show, I jumped right in, but I, I did that gag last time. So. Yes, I was, I was thinking that this morning, whether you were going to do it. So I just paused a second just to see if you were going to introduce yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you say his name. I don't know why. It just struck me. What? Josh. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, a little deeper in the vowel. Well, that's how we speak in Australia. Yeah. So, it's like, like how you say aluminium. It's it's aluminium. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's like um, it how uh, Americans pronounce my real name, Graham. Um, is it a lot different? I can't even do Graham. I think they say. Uh, Graham? Yeah. The the guy on uh, Comedy Film Nerds is named Graham Elwood, and every time they pronounce his name, like, when they're talking to him, it just sounds a bit off, a bit different. And then they've had some Australians on there, on their show, and when they say Graham, you know, you can tell the difference. So, <gasps> we say I just it. had an epiphany. What? You should start a rap career, and your name will be Graham Cracker. Uh-huh. <laughs> Haven't I told the story about uh, in fourth grade we had a, a American girl come in to our class and she called me Graham Crackers. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't the, remember that. Yeah, it's been mentioned before. I, I had no idea what Graham Crackers were to later on in life. Oh, yes. really? So those aren't a thing in Australia? No, they're not. She sort of oh. explained them to me, but I didn't get it till I realized, you know, you, you use them to make smalls and, and whatnot, but. Yeah, that girl, her name was Blossom, and she was my first ever crush. Uh, I remember telling that story. So, yes. That I remember. Yes. She used... So wait. What? You, you have s'mores? No. Or you don't have s'mores? No, we don't. I just learned about it by following the American culture. So that's when it clicked on me that that's what graham crackers are used for. <coughs> so, so it's sorry, not even a Josh... case... Oh. Go I was going to say about the crackers, uh, it's not even a case that you have them, but they're called something else. It's just not something that's present in your uh, culinary culture. It's not, hmm. Yeah, there'll be something similar and under a different name, I suppose, but I'd have to go like and investigate crackers. that. crackers. <laughs> Koala crackers. <laughs> right. Well, it's just a damn shame, and I think Josh will agree with me, that you don't have s'mores because they're delicious. I'll have no, to, that's true. I'll have to try and find, there's, find something similar. Yeah, there's similar. A, lot of, a lot of big opinions on how to properly make them, whether you toast the marshmallows to a golden brown or roast them until they're blackened. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, well, what's your opinion on that then? You know, I like them both ways. I understand that uh, just getting them right in the fire if you're camping or whatever gets them cooked and gooey faster. And it takes uh, a lot more effort to slowly toast them golden. And uh, if you make a mistake, they end up blackened anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've roasted t- uh, marshmallows over a fire. But yeah, that's the trick, I suppose, not trying to blacken them. See, I don't know, because I used to be of the camp that you had to just toast them to be brown, like lightly browned, just enough so that they're a little crispy on the outside, and then you can squish them down flat when you put your chocolate and your graham together. But I I, I got to say, I, I don't hate on the black ones when they get a little toasted, a little too toasted. No. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. Shouldn't be hating on blacks. That's not nice. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I did call you graham cracker, but that's different. Yes. Yes. You you also shouldn't be squishing them between crackers, just in general. <laughs> oh, my God. That's also not approved. Uh, <laughs> and the tone has been set. Excuse me while I back from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why Josh and I lived together for so long. Uh you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation. Who was I talking to? I was talking with one of our old college buddies, and they, uh, oh, maybe it was Ashlyn or somebody was like uh, talking about how you and I were just inseparable. Like people thought we were attached at the hip in college. Yeah, I could see that. Had a lot of the same interests, were in a lot of the same uh, extracurricular activities. Uh. Well, and then rooming together and hanging out right. all the time. <laughs> uh, drinking, but, drinking terrible alcohol, from what I heard. Yeah. I uh, I vaguely remember that some of it was good, but uh, the memories of those years is hazy. So your mileage may vary. <laughs> Rumblemint samurai. Yeah. That, that I think that wiped out at least one of your literature classes or math. I don't know. Yeah, I think that sometimes you guys could make up stories from the early 90s and claim I was there. And I just have to believe you because I, I got some blank spots. Mm. I have to get to work on that. Yeah. Start inventing stories just to make Josh believe <laughs> he was there. <laughs> Do you remember that time that Josh stole the car from the head of security? Oh, man, what a mess. Because we'll you know, that's legitimate. Except Pat taught me how to drive, so uh, me stealing a car seems unlikely. Oh, well, Fun I'll fact, get together with Pat. I'd been behind the wheel of a car exactly three times uh, when I took my uh, driver's test for the first time. To get my license. I think I was 21 years old. And did you pass? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I was a natural or the uh, requirements were extremely loose. Either way. <laughs> it is Chicago. You probably could have slipped him a 20 and gotten it. Probably if I had had a 20 at the time. <laughs> Good point. Uh how old were you, Killer? Because you you don't I know you don't have a car, but you know how to drive, right? Yeah, I got my license at seventeen. Yeah, did you pass on the first try? Yeah, definitely. Um, we when you turn sixteen here, you get your learner's permit, and then you've 
can't get your provisional license till you turn 17. But you, one month before you're 17, you're allowed to go for your test, and once you turn 17, you get your license. So I went uh, about a month before I turned 17 and passed fl- with flying colours. The instructor said that you're, you know, you're very good. He goes, I could tell you were confident, and that's what helped you pass your test. So. Uh, now, did you take a class? Yeah, well, I took a few driving lessons. Um, my dad taught me to drive originally, like in the family car, and then I had five lessons with a professional driver instructor, and um, that's the car I used to go pass my test in. And the only reason is it's just to get the basic, like get the things down that the instructors will want to see. You know what I mean? Or you, you know, I could drive the car properly and everything, but it was just you know, if you go with the you know driving instructor, they show you well, this is what the, the um, test is going to ask you, and you know. Do it this way and that, and so yeah, past that. Mm. Was it was it confusing because the wheel was on the other side of the, no. the car? No, your wheel's on the wrong side of the car. <laughs> I believe it's on the left side, so I guess it's not no. the right one. But yes, um, that's right. We're on the right side, literally on the right side. Uh, I guess depending on your perspective, <laughs> you know, um, my mom is well was uh, an educate well worked in special education. For a long time and at the school she was working at at the time they were offering a driver's ed course and since she worked there even though i didn't go to school there uh she got me into the class and so this was during the summer i took a, a driver's ed class uh, at 15 got um well, we learned on a chevy lumina and i remember the very first time i put my foot on the gas i nearly shit myself because just the sheer power of it was it was a totally new feeling and then when I did go take my test at 16, I didn't pass the first time. I missed it by like a point. Damn. And so I actually had to go back and do it again. Well, I, I passed first time on every When I got my learners, it was the old paper test. It was like 20 questions. Now they have a computerized test. And I, um, I went to get my uh, motorcycle learners. And you have to do the, the car test as well as seven extra questions for the bike. And pass that first go. Um, when I had to go get my license again for the first time, I got DUI. Had to do the computer test, passed it first go. And when I get off my lazy ass and pay my fines and uh, get my license back again this time, I, I'm pretty sure I'll pass first go. They're pretty easy questions. It's all common sense. So, I wonder why we don't have that, Josh. Have a, they should really add like a a stick portion and a motorcycle portion. Huh? Just yeah, I don't think the- I can. St- I've tried to drive stick, but I've uh, never really mastered the art yeah well if you go for your uh, test in, a, in an automatic um you're not allowed to drive a, a manual or a stick as you call it so you have to go do your test in a manual and i think maybe it's only for like five years but yeah if you do your test in an automatic your provisional license says automatic only and that's all you can drive huh so that that changed uh, years ago. It wasn't originally like that when I got my license because I did it in automatic, and then my first car was a manual, and uh, got the, got the, my first car. My dad taught me how to drive manual. Took me around the block two times, showed me what to do, and I I picked it up straight away. And then it was nothing stopping me for four weeks to like rode my car <laughs> off four weeks to the day of buying it. <laughs> I was gonna say something stopped you, but mm-hmm. well, here's yeah, an interesting a question. Double parked car. I ran in the rear of a double parked car. So it was sitting out in the middle of the lane yep. and, um, next to another car that was yep. parked? Yep. He was um, delivering stuff for a bank, and I'm driving down oh. the street. 
looking for a rock patrol, radio stations, little, you know, things they go out in the streets with. And I was not looking where I was driving. I was looking in for this rock patrol, and next thing, smash, right in the rear end of this uh, uh, panel van thing. And, uh, yeah, wrote my car off. That was the beginning of <laughs> some fun times driving. Well, I have a question then for both of you. And, and actually, um, my first accident was, uh, uh, well, let's, yeah, let's talk about first accidents and then I'll tell you my story um, or my question. When I went to go see the Black Crows with Jellyfish with Matt Brown, uh, who Josh knows Matt, of course, because he was one of our roommates mm-hmm. as well. Um we after the show was over, we were driving back and I was driving my my little escort and it was raining and we were going down a slight hill and the car in front of me slammed on their brakes and I didn't catch it in time. So I slid right into the back of them. Uh, and so I'll never forget that night because of that. But it wasn't any major damage, but it sucked. Yep. Well, I told you my first accident. So what about you, Josh? Um, I was on my way home. I had a girl in the car who was a uh, Christy. She was an off again, on again girl for a lot of the later college years. And I was uh, driving, I think I lived off campus and I was driving her back to the school and we're parked at a stoplight, just minding our own business. And, uh, I was driving a 1978, uh, Oldsmobile Delta 88. Uh, I think Joel wow. has seen the car, the yep. tank several tons of steel, and uh, I never saw him. I saw a flash, and all of a sudden, we were hit so hard, we were pushed all the way through the intersection, and I had a pull-out stereo, and both the stereo itself and the entire uh, unit it was supposed to slide into flew out of the dashboard and landed in my lap. Um, I So, yeah, we got out, and there was... Uh, gentleman who was obviously quite intoxicated he was in a small foreign made car some sort of some sort of european car and his front was totaled barely drivable my tank well well we got pushed through the intersection and the rear bumper dropped about two inches jeez but yeah otherwise there was the no significant damage if you knew exactly where to look on the rear quarter panel on the driver's side you could see just ever so slightly a small crimp but I was talked by friends into going to the hospital uh, after he we agreed to pull off to the side and call the police, and then he got back in his car and made a ran, run for it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, hit and run. Literally. Yeah. Well, I, it seemed he drove away, but yeah, I yeah, imagine well, in my he, head. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he had no headlights. Uh, the front end was uh, crumpled. Uh, both of the wheel wells in the front were crumpled, but he was able to He was able to drive away. Did they catch him? Uh, I filed a police report and got his name and address, but there was never any follow-up on the entire situation. I mean, eventually, yeah, medical bills were taken care of. Uh, I went on to a different car eventually, never got the minor damage replaced and that was that was the last of it i mean now that's got to be almost 20 years ago yeah yeah well think back about we talk about on the show all the time how we've known each other for 20 years so yeah that's about right um 
Well, here's here's a question for you, and this is something that I think people debate a lot. But at at what point are you no longer allowed to have your license due to due to age? And I'm not talking about due to you know too many tickets or DUIs or any other infractions, but do you make a cutoff based on a, a, an age limitation, like as of 65 or 70 or 80 or 90, or is it just based on your ability to still see and, and react? Because it seems like, like I haven't had to do anything more than take a, a, a brief written test in the past. Well, since I turned 16. So here I am 40 now and I've never had another driving test or anything other than a, a written every once in a while. I, I reckon it's on ability. Um, I forget what age it is here, 70 or 80, you have to go for a, a test every one or two years once you turn a certain age here. And uh, it should be on ability because I've seen people younger than the age that, uh, is, you know, you have to do the test, drive absolutely terribly. And I've seen people older that drive perfect. So it should be on ability. I know my, my grandfather, my dad's father, he, he got to the point where he goes, I'm just too old to drive and he didn't renew his license. He was smart enough. He was one of these people who go, well, I'm, I'm at an age now. I don't think I'm capable of driving um, safely. I still drive the car, but not on these, you know, not on busy roads anymore. So I'm not going to drive anymore. Um, so, but yeah, I reckon ability, not not a certain age limit. Well, and as you know, uh, Joel, and you might know as well, Killa, I spend most of my time where I'm not at home in the car since I now am a uh, professional rideshare driver. And uh, I do see uh, all manner of bad drivers. So there are some patterns, but I do have to agree with Killa that uh, it's not necessarily everyone of a certain age is a bad driver. I mean, I could uh, make some other generalizations. Like, it's unusual how many people who drive the model, Le uh, the make Lexus, uh, are just terrible, aggressive drivers uh, most of the time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that necessarily there's that has anything to do with the sort of person that wants to buy that car. It's just an observation, and I think people have these anecdotes in their head that, oh, I've always seen these older people struggling to see or with slower reaction times, and I guess you can come across that, but uh, I don't know. I, I do think there's a lot of variance even within those wide categories. Yeah, We've actually had some troubles down here lately of old people um, running people over on footpaths because they miss the brake and hit the uh, the accelerator and uh, they've uh, ploughed some people down on, on footpaths. So, and that Yikes. debate starts coming up again. Should, how old should someone be to drive? But that's that was on ability of that person. It wasn't because of their age, I reckon. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, I know the news beats it up and it's like, oh, every old driver is, you know, incapable because of these, you know, the, the five people in the last, like, year that have done it. I've seen young people hit the accelerator and not the brake as well. Uh, oh, I know plenty of young people that can't drive. But how old was your grandfather, Killer, when he stopped? Jeez, uh, funny. We lost him, what was he, 87? So probably about 75. Yeah, anywhere between 75 and 80 it was. Hmm. I'm trying to think. So he, he had an old uh, 73 Kingswood, Holden Kingswood, and, and it's a tank, like, you know solid metal and everything so it would have been uh fun for him to 
lose control of that and crash it. Anyway, my brother ended up getting that car, bought it off my grandfather, and it was a tank. Old school car, you know. Actually built out of steel, not, you know, this aluminum shit. You said aluminum. No, no, just for Uh, you. (laughs) Uh, You know, I found the most aggressive drivers aren't the ones in Lexus. I usually see it's the ones in the monster trucks. But (laughs) my uh, grandfather, who who, um, lived to be 100, he literally was working in his yard, doing yard work and driving up until the age of 90. And he kind of had the same epiphany that yours did where he's like, you know, I just, I, I'm starting to get cataracts. It's just, it's not safe anymore for me to drive. Plus dementia had started to set in shortly thereafter. So I don't know whether he felt that was coming or what, but he, he stopped and he had the same thing at a big old, you know, kind of army green tank that he drove around. I don't know exactly what kind of car it was, but I remember it sat in the garage after that and just, kind of dormant and I don't know where it ended up eventually but I just remember when he stopped finally um driving and it just I always thought it was kind of impressive that he did it that long but you know I agree with you on that I just I always hear people complaining you know like oh people should stop driving when they're so whatever age I'm like yeah there's a lot of people that are a hell of a lot younger that can't drive for crap yes there's a lot of them down here uh, the other thing is that what how's the old person going to get around uh if you're a family member of that person, do you want to be a their um, their transport? You know what I mean? If you say, oh, well, my six-year-old mum shouldn't be driving, it means, well, you've got to go and help her out, take her shopping or, you know, to a doctor's appointment. So just because you decided that's the age they've got to stop driving. Right. And what about the people that don't have anyone? So, And I know... They can call Josh. <laughs> a lot of old people. Yeah. A lot of old people. Yeah, like Lyft it. or Uber. Yeah. A lot of old people think it's... They just don't want to admit it to themselves that they're getting old. So, eh, the debate the debate goes both ways on that, I reckon. But yeah, well, I don't think anybody ever want to admit that they're getting old. You yeah, know? and incapable. Um, That's what it is. It's like when they realise they're incapable of doing something. It, you know. So, I know the argument from the old people is, well, I will take my freedom away. Yeah. What about with the freedom of the person you kill when you run them over? Well, right. well, I'm not complaining. More business for me, but <laughs> we got one of you that's going to go pick him up and drive him around. We got the other one that's making the wooden boxes to put him in, and uh, I'm just taking the calls to uh, you know take care of them if they get end up end up in the hospital and need their insurance. So um, we got the bases covered. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. It, it directly affects my bottom line if uh, people can't drive and need to take more rides. So yeah, I'm flip flopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mayor. Quincy. Of course. So, yeah, so long as they've been trained to use smartphones, no. because otherwise uh, it's no good. They'll just call a taxi. What's this Uber you're talking about? How do I get it? <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, a few uh, elderly passengers. Not not very many. It's still mostly younger people or uh, professionals headed to work or to the airport. But uh, every now and again, I could tell it's someone who doesn't drive anymore and doesn't want to worry about the hassle of waiting for a bus. Yeah. I've used Uber once. Uh, it's I don't know how long it's been out here in Australia, but there's not a lot of uh, drivers out there. And uh, we're over at the uh, Olympic Stadium. Um, what, I forget what me and Donald were probably watching football. And we wanted to get a taxi and we couldn't find one. I said, I've got this Uber app. Let's try this out. And we got lucky. This guy was just about to knock off. And I you know, did all the thing. And showed up. It was 
It was great. It was cheaper than the cab. The guy was friendlier. The car was nicer. So I'm pretty sure I'll be using Uber where I can, as long as we get some more drivers, you know. But I don't know if you're facing it over there, but the taxi council down here are complaining, you know, it's not right, you know. They don't have to, you know, register or pay for, you know, taxi plates, which are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get that. They're going, oh, we're losing money because of this Uber. And I'm like, well, you're losing money because your fucking cabs suck. You're never on time. <laughs> you're never around. You've fucking got a smelly car. It's dirty. Uh, that's why you're losing money. Uh, anyway, that's my complaint. Yeah, yeah I, it's the exact same over here. They're they're trying to fight a fairly, fairly powerful lobby, trying to make laws to outlaw Uber and Lyft. Uh, I'm actually active with both services and, uh, yeah, we just uh, aim to provide a cheaper and overall better experience. I'm, I'm so far happy with it. Yeah, I reckon it's so much better. You just you don't even have to worry about having cash on you. You know what I mean? We'll pay it, you know. Mm-hmm. Set the app up, bang, bang, bang. You know, we're going here, get dropped off, and, you know, don't have to worry about, you know, whipping out a card or uh, some cash, you know. It just gets debited from your, your credit card. Bingo. And I like the idea how you got a rate. So the driver's going to, you know, be a bit more friendlier and more nicer to get a better rating and, and vice versa. The passengers have got to be nice so that, you know, their rating is, you know, they weren't drunk and spewing in my car or, you know, assholes. So right. I reckon it works both ways. It works well. I'm sure it happens at some point, though. Yeah. Well, of course, there's enough dickheads in the world that just, you know, don't give a fuck, I suppose. But, yeah. Wait, what? Uh, is it? That's not a thing, is it? Nah, I don't deal with that every day. Uh, wait, you deal with coffins? I'm talking going to work and from work and going oh. into the shopping centres. And oh, I nearly got in a fight on Friday with a dickhead on an escalator. Oh, he was just a complete dick. I just wanted, you know, wanted to go past him, and he goes, "Oh, fucking!" He started arguing, and I said, "I forget what I said to him." <laughs> he started following me through the shopping centre. Then I walked into the shop I was going into to go buy this DVD, uh, the Will Anderson DVD, by the way. He just released it from his opera house gig. But yeah, I was, eh, we don't need to go into my little run-ins with people over at Westfields <laughs> Parramatta, which I hate going into. Fucking dickheads. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and don't get me started about the buses either. Fucking idiots. It's a simple oh well. thing. Put your ticket in the machine. Walk up to the bu- your seat. Sit down. Don't flounder around. Or, or if the bus is packed, don't stand at the front. Move to the back. Sorry. Yeah, there's people like that everywhere, man. Yeah, I know. When you ride buses, two buses every day, well, four buses technically, two to work, two home, and you just see the most dickhead people. It's just the simplest thing, you know. Just do this. or uh, Don't get me started about school kids on buses either. We had that comment last week, didn't we, about me bitching about the kids. That's how I know I'm getting old. Noisy school kids. Get, get off my lawn. Get off my but, lawn. I, you know, they're they're everywhere, and, and I don't get I don't get it. It's It kind of goes back to a, a, something I'd seen an argument on earlier in the week of about this whole entitlement thing. Like, everybody expects themselves to be given something because X, Y, Z reason. And it's like, you know... You gotta earn some things in this life. Yeah, sure, some things are gonna be handed to you, but, but 
I mean, every uh, the kids, it seems like younger generation has a real big sense of entitlement. And I don't know where it came from or whether it's our fault, but it kind of sucks. And I'm sure that has something to do with kind of what you see on the bus on a regular basis and possibly on your job, Josh. I don't know. Uh, generally speaking, uh, people have been pretty cool. There, there have been uh, one or two that have been a little unfriendly, a little... Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I can't remember any super bad experiences. Uh, there was a family coming back from the airport that probably should have ordered a bigger car because, uh, I mean, my car is a subcompact. Even with the hatchback, which gives us more room, I've got uh, two adults, an infant, a stroller, and two full suitcases. That's that's a tight squeeze. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up rating them down a little bit, saying this is really just at the edge of what I would consider safe or unsafe. They probably should have ordered a, a bigger car, even though it would have cost a little more. Yeah, well. Uh, to the entitlement thing, Joe, I, I know where it comes from. It's um, people who are brought up, like, with nothing, you know, their parents weren't that rich or, you know, they they had a harder life growing up, so they don't want to do it so- have their kids grow up like that so they give them everything you know so those children grow up to believe that they can have anything they want but it seems like it's not just that though it seems like i mean it's not well it's not just the people that have the money or the prestige it seems like it goes both ways and i I don't i don't get where it's coming from and i you know i see it a lot especially you know when you have kids that are in grade school or high school or junior high i mean you you see it a lot in the kids there you know that they expect something for just showing up you know and it's kind of this whole mentality like um you know there's no winners or losers anymore everybody gets a, an award for participating well there's a valuable lesson in 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 losing as there is in winning and you got to have goals and you got to have something to strive for and if you just are going to get uh, you know a prize for showing up then what's the point yeah that's right. There's a big lesson in losing. It teaches you how to strive harder to get better, and you know. So yeah, I I can't stand these um these awards. You know, every child gets a trophy and all this. Not that I've got children, but yes. No, your cat's probably yeah. awards. <laughs> freaking if Donna had her way, she'd be buying an award every freaking week. Spoils them. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if there aren't two lessons that are kind of at cross purposes, because I I think that what they want to teach kids is that uh, what you do matters, uh, in a sense, more than just who you are. Like if you're told, oh, you're smart and you're amazing and all this, well, it doesn't matter what you are if you don't do anything with it. The history has got all the way back geniuses who didn't bother to work and didn't make anything of themselves. So I guess some of that is rewarding effort, but then getting to the point where any amount of effort is worthy of a prize and saying you're a winner gets to a point where it's it's kind of meaningless. It's if uh, any amount of effort is good enough, why should I try very hard? Yeah, well, I can tell you why not try hard. Sometimes I'm, I'm I've worked my ass off all my life, and I've really gotten nowhere in life. I've always got the minimum wage. But it still doesn't stop me from trying harder and doing my best job I can do. Like especially at the job I'm at now, I'm virtually doing just about every job except spraying the boxes. I've got the boss getting me to go down the street and get quotes for timber, which should be his job. And but it's not going to stop me doing it because the 
apart from you know the reward of extra money or anything like that. It's just the way I was brought up. You do the best job you can do without whatever reward. It's not about the reward. It's the re- your reward is your own pride and that feeling of you know knowing you did your job. So I reckon it goes the same way like on sporting fields. So wait, you didn't get the best player award. Did you do your job to help that team or you know? So but I'm old school. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm Might Australian. We, we we don't get awards from uh, not being killed by any of the dangerous animals. So <laughs> Now, if there were large awards that you could use to fight off the animals, maybe that would be helpful. Yeah. No, no. See, this is the, the plan, you know. The people who get, you know, that's why we don't hand out awards like that, because then the dopey people would use them to defend themselves. This is how we thin out the herd here in Australia. If you're that <laughs> stupid and you want to go swim with the crocodiles in Northern Territory, well, guess what? Bye-bye. If you're going to go crawling under trees where the drop bears will drop out and attack you, well, bye-bye. <laughs> if you're going to go poke, know, poke a spider that's rearing up with venom uh, dripping out of its fangs, well, if it bites you, there you go. I don't know. Your your award is that you get another day of, of life. Of life, yes. So. You've survived the evil stairs. You've survived the drop bears. <laughs> The uh, the the saws that have gone haywire, <laughs> you know, you've had your fair share. Yep, more than your fair share, actually, I'd say. See, my biggest danger in Australia is those stairs. We have dangerous stairs in Australia. You've got to be careful <laughs> not to fall down these stairs. Well, and escalators apparently too that have people on them. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Not just any escalators, just the escalators in friggin' Westfield, Parramatta. Uh, mm. oh, All right. Uh, we've got a voicemail, Joel. Do you know we've got oh, a I voicemail? Forgot. Yes. It's another bloke from Chicago. We've got one from Luke from Chicago. I have not heard this. Let's see what he has to say. Never mind if there was beeping just now. That was apparently my car telling me that you're not supposed to drive over snow. Um, this is Luke. Good eye. And I uh, was decided I would call in a quick voicemail. I wanted to say, well, first off, I have continued to have been enjoying the show, um, even though, Izzy, dude, you really need to put your phone on airplane mode or on do not disturb instead of putting it next to the mic where it buzzes, which I, I, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm giving you crap, man, because you do a million times more of this than I do, um, which is not So I guess technically infinite, but, you know, let's, let's uh, well, depending on how you want to define it. Um, if it's an engineer, it's infinite, but let's ignore that. Um, I was just going to say that uh, I have, on, on Killa's uh, recommendation, or at least um, at, at least finding out about it, that I have been listening to uh, triple, the Triple J app on my phone. And I have been enjoying it. Uh, the the mix that they uh, that they come up with is is generally pretty interesting. There's usually not a lot of of uh, DJ prattle in a in a bad way, um, the way that you would get on radio here. In a lot of cases, the only thing that's that's strange is you can definitely tell it's government radio, and like particularly when the little news segments come up and the stuff that that needs attention and. 
it's not so much of the the, uh, the the politics or the slant of it. I mean, although there you know there definitely is one, and you know there's always going to be, but it's it's just it's kind of it's kind of creepy from you know the coming from uh, multiple competing corporate media sort of land. Um, I mean, not that you guys don't have Sky, but uh, and various, but it's just I don't know. Um, Killa, do you sort of see a, a difference with how that the, the media kind of works, Joel? I don't know if you've listened a lot. Um, you know, you have to go to the Sydney Harbor Bridges website to download this thing, so you know, it could be a little a little <laughs> spurious. Um, yeah. Anyway, just uh, just an observation. Um, I had been meaning to call that in for a while, um, and I thought I would. So uh, yeah, just curious. Yes. Thanks, Luke. Um, yes, I can see what you're talking about, Luke. Uh, yes, there, there's a lot of people down here that think that uh, that Triple J or the ABC in general, the whole media uh, portion of ABC, which is TV and radio, they have many radio stations, uh, they, they're supposed to be impartial. They're supposed to give the uh, same amount of uh, time to both parties, their major parties, Liberal and Labor. Um, but yes, they do have a leaning to one side, so people think... I can sort of see it, but no, I don't know. Yes, uh, it's basically because uh, the Liberal Party think that they're biased towards Labor, so yeah, maybe they do lean towards one side or the other, uh, but as, as I said, they're supposed to be impartial. If When there's an election on, they're supposed to give equal time to both parties, seeing they're a government-owned uh, or government-funded uh, radio station, and, uh, and same with the TV, but yes, there's always a talk about it. Their, their leanings towards one side or the other. Uh, I haven't listened to Triple J in a, a long while. As I said, I don't listen to radio anymore, really. I'm a podcaster, listener, and a podcaster. But yes, so would have been interesting to hear their, their thoughts this week because we just had our state election yesterday and the Liberals won. And uh, anyway, as I went and voted yesterday and I was pissed off because usually you get a sausage sandwich at the at the uh, Wait, polling booth. It's a, tradi- a tradition in Australia. You go to your polling booth. Most of the times it's like in um, schools, in their school halls where you vote. And uh, usually the, the school sets up like a barbecue to, you know, earn a little money for the school. Um, you just go and buy a sausage sandwich, you know. It's just a sausage and a, a piece of um, bread. And I was looking forward to it yesterday when I went and voted, but they didn't have any. So the only reason I went and voted is just to get my sausage sandwich, but had none. I feel ripped off. It's an Australian thing. Australians will get it. Not that we have many Australian listeners. So We do have a New Zealand listener. I don't know what it's like in New Zealand. And speaking of New Zealand, uh, go the Aussies. We're playing in the World Cup final for cricket today. Australia versus New Zealand. And Nikki, we're going to do what you do to sheep. We're going to fuck you. Whoa. <laughs> That's a bad thing. Um, bad. You know, it's... It's funny. Well, he was talking. Well, you talking about? Um, I don't know. For some reason, when he was talking, and my mind kind of drifted off to to news. Um, somebody brought up something about a news story the other day, and and it's I don't know whether it makes me a good or a bad person, but at some point in my life, I decided I was going to stop watching the news, and I, I think it was just because it was comedy or or it was nothing but there wasn't like the the story about the the water skiing squirrel or anything like that it was always somebody shot somebody got burned alive some you know baby was murdered in a uh, drive-by or whatever i don't know some 
just a horrible thing happened every single minute. And the news coverage is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And when a, a really juicy thing breaks, since there's 24-hour news stations, they keep talking about it over and over. And every time they get just a little bit more, they add to it. And it drives me nuts. And I think I just eventually got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'd rather be a little ignorant than to have to deal with that anymore. So I don't know what you guys think about that. But when he was asking that question, it made my mind kind of go off on that topic. Well, with the 24-hour news cycle now, they have to have news. So they'll just grab onto anything that they think is a news story and they want to be the first. So they'll, they'll uh, report something that may be true or maybe not true. And then as the details flow in, that's when they start adding more to it or, and then they make their opinion straight away. Well, this is what happened, you know, like with that plane crash in, um, in, well, the one that ran into the Alps, you know, straight away, they're going, it's terrorism. It's this, it's that. Or, and as we found out, it turned out it was the actual pilot that, wanted to kill people and kill himself so yeah with the 24-hour news cycle it's just simply they've got to fill their time with news so it's they just grab onto any story they can get and want to be the first to report it start making their opinions and yeah and then they flow from there i mean we're, we're starting to have that problem here in australia where now we've all three major networks on the free-to-air channels have other channels they've got um they've got to fill their their time so We've got news constantly all day long, and there's we have news start at four o'clock in the afternoon, goes to five thirty, and then have uh, a, a game show on, and then six o'clock we've got another news for an hour. So it's just constant news, and that's on free-to-air stuff. Not even like you, if you've got pay TV when you're watching a, a designated news channel. And uh, you know, I'm like you, Joe. I've stopped watching the news. I just I don't need to know it. I mean, I've got Facebook. I know everything is going on because as soon as anything's going on, you, you know, your news feed's just full of bloody what's going on. So, yeah, you know, I'm over, over the news really. I do like to keep in, you know, contact with what's going on, but it's just become too much. All right, you, Josh. You always seem like you're pretty well informed. Yeah, it's funny. If uh, I have for many years now decided that I would be studiously apolitical online, I won't post anything about politics and I won't post anything about religion. So a lot of people might think if they don't know me well that I don't have strong opinions or don't follow that stuff, and it's actually quite the opposite. Uh, I, in general, view current events, news, and important issues as something too important to treat it like it's your local sports team. I'm going to choose red or blue. Republican or Democrat, uh, I kind of feel people just pick a like it's their local sports team. They wave the flag with the elephant or the donkey on it, and whatever their side says is what they're going to cheer for. And I, I think that some of this stuff is too important. So as a result, I end up reading any story I am truly curious about from three or four different angles: a conservative, a, a liberal, uh, maybe even a uh, Outside the United States, if uh, there's some reporting done from their uh, news source, uh, I've, uh, sometimes we'll turn to either a uh, UK or Al Jazeera Amer America to get another perspective. And uh, I end up, as a result, reading quite a bit of news and keeping up on that kind of thing just to try and get to the bottom of how I feel about it because I'm not comfortable just saying, well, I'm this. I'm a, I'm a Democrat, a Republican, a Libertarian. So whatever they think, that's what I'm going to think too. 
Yeah, that's right. You've got to have an open mind to be, you know, you just don't follow one one person's opinion, that you know, one party's opinion. Or And I like how you said you go to Al Jazeera because I reckon they're one of the best news sources in the world. They're, they've got an open mind and they, they, they report properly. Um, from what I've read on their story, you know, any story from them, it's it's well, it's not like uh, Fox or, or whoever else, you know. I mean, especially Fox with Rupert Murdoch running that. I mean, he owns most of the bloody media down here, most of the newspapers, and it's just, it's his agenda going, you know, being pumped out through the papers. Well, you know, I made a decision a long time ago after I got into a couple of heated arguments that I was kind of of the same mind, that I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to talk politics or religion anymore. And, and online, there's only one real topic that falls into either category that I do strongly support that I'm vocal about. But other than that, I mean, I, I tend to stay quiet. Yet when elections roll around or when there's certain things that are brought up, I'm the same way, Josh. I mean, I'm very strong opinionated on what I believe and I back it and I'm, you know, I have a strong political drive and I've voted since a month after I turned 18. I was excited to get a vote for the first time and immediately ran up the polls that first year because I could and I was wanted to be a part of the process. Um, but if somebody talks to me about it, or I hear people talking about it, I don't jump in anymore. I don't comment and, uh, and it doesn't mean that I'm apathetic to it or that I don't want to participate. I just am not going to make that vocal because, I mean, I've seen people lose friendships and more <laughs> over you know politics and religion and we've, we've seen it in our lifetime together um so but just general news sources yeah i just i can't i can't do it and i know i'm not alone but at the same time i kind of wonder if you know you're, you're you're taking a the better approach and kind of getting all sides and then making it work that way but i don't know it seems like until they kind of get things figured out um i'll stick to watching anchorman that's the way they should run it just saying yeah, I, I think that I probably kicked it into high gear a couple of years back when I was preparing to take the test uh, for the process to become a United States Foreign Service officer wanted to be a cultural ambassador and I, I got I passed the test on my first go and uh uh, I just didn't make it all the way through the process. Uh, I think I made it about halfway and uh, wasn't offered a position. But, uh, yeah, preparing for that test, you have to be up on all manner of things, from current events to politics to economics. All right. The aliens. <laughs> it's the drop is attacking all the, the Internet lines. We have aliens here, but they come across the border. Yeah. Um, we have boat people. Hop on topics. Mm-hmm. What? We have boat people. I can imagine. Yes, they come by boats. And we try to... Oh, sh- good. They're not some sort of boat-human hybrid. No, that no, would be no. terrifying. <laughs> uh, I'm just imagining somebody with like an outboard motor on their back. No, it's the, the boat people are people coming from Indonesia and that trying to seek asylum. And uh, we catch them before they hit Australian waters and we go ship them off to an, an island that we uh, pay people to set up uh, refugee camps or asylum camps, whatever you want to call them. 
Uh, that's a big poli- political thing that goes on down here, speaking of politics. but uh, You just send them here, don't you? Stop the bad people. More illegal immigrants come by planes to Australia than they do on boats, but people don't understand that. And that's another political thing, but you wouldn't read about that in any Rupert Murdoch paper. Well, it was funny in this, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if we're actually recording for the show again or not, but yeah, we are. Um, I saw one of those, you know, they have those little uh, posts on online where they have like the top 20 worst text fails or whatever. And then I had like um, one for, I don't know if it was uh, Twitter or, or something, but somebody posted about how, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, all the Indians complaining about their, or no, they call them Native Americans. Americans complaining about wanting their their country back, and they said just go back to India. And I just was like, I'm wondering if that's real. And it just sounds just dumb enough to probably be legit that somebody is that ignorant. Yes, I think there would have been someone that ignorant, ignorant, ignorant. Yes, yeah. Oh, there's many a dumb people out there. Yeah, I've seen some of those Facebook fails too. Yeah, they're amusing. Even though they piss me off thinking there's actual people in the world like that that uh, are not that bright. But, yeah. It's getting to the point where it's hard to sort out the people who are genuinely that dumb and the people who are trying to make people angry by pretending to be that dumb. Yeah. Right. Don't feed the trolls. Oh. You know, but but you, you get to know people that are in your feed, and, and sometimes people really are that dumb. I mean, I... Uh, and I'm not going to single out anybody in particular that I work with, but um, I, you know, I've known people that I've worked with before that are young, you know, like 20, 19, 20, 21, that are that dumb. And I don't know whether it's the educational system or just that particular person or what, but <clears throat> when they're asking just really stupid questions that they should know by now, and some of them are parents, it just kind of blows my mind. It makes me wonder what, what's to come, you know? I mean, there was a movie made about what's to come. My judge made it. <laughs> you talking about idiocracy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the one. Uh, yeah, I saw it for the first time. Was... Yeah. Wasn't so long ago. I just saw it. Do we fuzz out there? Yeah, sounds like it's raining. You there, Josh? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. I don't know if I'm coming through clear or not. Yes. But we didn't. I didn't hear an answer on that one, so maybe it's on my side. No, I didn't hear it either. Okay, were you able to hear that, Killer? Because I couldn't make any of that out. Nope. Couldn't hear a thing. Everything went Skypey. It's he's in Alaska. Blind. <laughs> that sounds like a, a robot stolen Joel's voice and is attempting to piece bits of uh, syllables together and shoot them at us. What do you want to do, Killer? I don't know. Keep Skyping out. Fucking Skype. Used to be good.
Yeah, I know we've had... Go ahead. I was just going to say, we'd had nights uh, trying to get done before people had to go to bed uh, for 40 going on 14, where we couldn't get Skype to cooperate at all, and we'd try even jumping over to Google Hangouts, and it wouldn't work either. Yeah. Well, it seems all right at the moment, so... Uh, power through? Yep, let's power through. All right. Well, based on that, though, do you want me to go ahead and make it that time? Yep, it is that time, Joel. Wait, what's that you say? What time is it? Is it really that time again? That's right. Hide your dingoes and watch out for drop bears. It is time for R is for Random. Okay, what do you got for us, Joe? Uh, I can't. I can't start the segment without saying something about man. That's a damn angry didgeridoo. It's so angry. Anyway, um, all right. So, thank you, Maybellina, for the fantastic questions this week. Uh, the first question is: What is or was your favorite board game? Monopoly. Simple, quick answer: Monopoly. Why is that though? I don't know. Involve money. I love money. <laughs> but it's not real money. Oh, I know that. I tried to go to the shop and spend it, and they wouldn't accept it. You have to have a top hat and monocle. Wait, but life had money in it, didn't it? I don't know. We never got. I never had the game of life, whatever it was called. No, I got Monopoly as a kid. Used to play it all the time, and I kicked ass. And now Monopoly's um, the English-based one, so all the um, the properties are. Uh, English name properties. So, you know, King's Cross Station, uh, Liverpool Station, I'm trying to think, Paul Mall. Sydney Arbor Bridge. No, actually, there is an Australian version out there. I, d- I didn't have that one. I had the original that was first sold in Australia, which is the English-based one with the English properties. And at the the um, Mayfair was the, the highest-paying, uh, you know, property, most dearest to buy, the one right next to Go, just before you come past Go. And, right. I, and I always wanted to get Mayfair, and if my brothers got it before me, I'd fucking do a dummy spit. So what? what what's that? Mayfair and Park Lane are the two. You know the. I forget what you used to call them on your American version. Boardwalk and Park Place, but what's a dummy spit? Oh, having a fucking tantrum. I haven't heard the term dummy ah. spit. Spit the dummy. It was not not a genuine dummy spit. If you know what I mean, I didn't really you know throw the board and go, fuck this, I'm not playing. It's just, I'd get all like, oh, I wanted that. But because I, I was the oldest, I knew how to weasel, you know, trade with my brothers. And as soon as I got them, put the hotel on there. And as soon as you landed on it, I'm a rich motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had one of two things going through my head. Either A, Charlie McCarthy was spitting on his, the puppeteer that I for suddenly forgot his name. Um, or I got that backwards. That's Edgar Bergen, yeah. Thank you. Or yeah. there was a dummy that was roasting on a spit over a fire. like A pacifier. Would that make it easier for you to understand? A pacifier? You know, yeah. what you give a child. You know, we call them dummies. Oh. And you get it. You know, the child spits a dummy and cries. Right. Now. Ah, another lesson learned. Yeah, it makes learned. a lot of sense. Yeah, another Australian lesson learned. We call them dummies and a dummy spit. It's what you say if someone has, you know, a tantrum, you know, someone starts carrying on, they didn't get their way and they start fucking carrying on, you 
Well, you're having a dummy spit, mate. Interesting. What about you, Josh? Because I know you still play board games. Well, yeah, I, I've got a collection numbering in the hundreds at this point. Uh, when we moved last, I want to say a good uh, maybe dozen to 20 boxes were just board games, and I uh, play at least once a week. Uh, I'm I, I'm tempted to go for one of the ones I've played most recently because I've got really gotten into cooperative games where instead of trying to play to win against the other players, you're playing together against the board in some way. Um, but since they're all so new, I, I hate to call a game I've only discovered in the last couple of months a favorite over ones I've played for years. So going to something that I know has stood the test of time for me, I'd uh, say a game called Twilight Imperium. It's a massive game where you are con in control of one of, I want to say there's 17 or 18 different races, and you colonize planets around uh, the different uh, system, and uh, the galaxy's set up differently every time. Uh, you make more ships to go to war, uh, engage in trade with the other players, uh, research new technologies, get involved in galactic politics. And uh, for various goals, there will be victory points. Some of them might be political, some military, some technological. And uh, because each of the races has unique technologies and unique special abilities, uh, it's a very different game every time. Although it is definitely a game that you need some... Uh, time to invest in i'd say that uh unless everyone is very experienced with the game you can expect to set aside eight to ten hours for a play session jeebus yeah uh more I... than once we started playing a game of twilight imperium when i worked at the hobby shop at uh, 7 p.m and those of us who stuck it out uh were there as the sun rose the next day on friday morning because the game was engaging enough we didn't want to stop but it just wasn't over I thought you liked Risk. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I uh, saw this coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could for, not for say my, something. Yeah, for my thoughts on Risk, I, I certainly have gone into that rap multiple times. I'm 40 going on 14, starting with uh, when we talked about the subject. We did a show on board games. It's got to be a year and a half back now. How about you, Joel? Yeah, Josh, Josh is not a fan. Um, and I think I mentioned this on this, that show too, but for me, like <clears throat> from the first day it came out when I played it with my uh, in-laws, or not in-laws, my aunt and uncle and cousins when I was a kid, it's now, I mean, if, I, if there was one out there, I would, I would sit down and play in a heartbeat. But Trivial Pursuit um, has always been my favorite board game just because I love trivia and it's got just enough random kind of trivia that I used to, especially as like a 12, 13-year-old, I would kick everybody's butt. So it made me feel kind of, you know, manly, as it were. But uh, it's, just a, it's just a fun game. <clears throat> and, you know, it's just as much about chance as it is about skill. So, you know, it's not any sort of in-depth uh, strategy game or there's not a lot of thought that has to go into anything other than answering the questions. But I don't know. It's just a, a well-done game that, that holds up, I think. Yeah. Plus they have all the specialized versions now for different kinds of nerdy things. Yeah, I had Trivial Pursuit. As a kid, but I was never that good. I wasn't that smart at that stage. Now I know a bit more, and you know, I'm a bit better at it. We've got it here, and uh, 
instead of playing the game, I just get the cards out, and me and Donna just grab a stack and just ask, start asking questions to each other, not actually play the game, and see if we can stump well, each other. Well, where, how do you get the piece of the pie then? Oh, it ah, I see we, what I did there. Yeah, I thought it was cheese. Whoa. Weren't they cheese? Uh, yeah, thought- I can see it as a cheese wheel, yeah. <laughs> and the other one I was going to bring up, did you have Popomatic games? Uh, oh, yeah. Tr- Trouble, I think it was called. Yep. That's what we played the most as kids. It was easier. Virtually, you know, you know, it's just pop that pop that little popper thing and annoy the shit out of the parents because they'd, <laughs> they'd get the shits with the... Were you stop oh, wasn't playing? sorry another one like that? Yeah, there was a couple of them, yeah. but we had trouble as a kid, as children, you know. Mm. Oh, and the parents got the shits. Because we'd sit there and play for hours. You know, finish a game, start a new one, and by the end, my parents would go, will you stop playing that game? <laughs> I could see how it would get annoying, being an old man now. It's that old man. I am an old man. <laughs> I'm older than you, Joel. Oh, that's true. Josh is just a youth. Um, yeah, that's true. This summer, Joel, uh, remind me, uh, I've got to introduce you to uh, Dead of Winter. It's one of the cooperative games I talked about. Uh, You're a group of survivors in a a community that's under assault by zombies at the coldest part of winter. And you've got to do all the scavenging for food and uh, fuel to burn. And uh, while you're cooperative, there's a chance that uh, someone might be hoarding because they're actually planning to strike out against the group and leave off on their own. And you never know if uh, they're going to let the community burn to serve their own interests. So you've kind of got that tension of, uh, do I need to worry more about the zombies or do I need to worry more about the other players? I would totally play that in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, well, speaking of zombies, just to uh, uh, kind of veer off for just a second, um, and speaking of nerdy versions of games, uh, George R.R. Uh, R. R. Martin, I think it's the name, the guy that writes Game of Thrones, Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a lot of popping up stuff on Facebook this this past day or so about his solution to a zombie uh, outbreak if it ever happened. And he stated that if he thinks that the people overseas in England that have castles are the most likely to survive because what better place to hold up in a zombie apocalypse than a castle? So if we can hold off, you know, hoarding armies that have weapons that, you know, can do damage that could eventually breach the 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 walls zombies don't have that capability so there you go problem solved sort of i like it as long as there's enough land in the middle to grow a little bit of food so you don't eventually run out that seems like a solid plan to me yeah if you got enough enough spot for your 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 various food sources that you need and you got plenty of space absolutely it it makes perfect sense and now i want to see that happen i want to see a movie so somebody out there who's making movies, do it. I'm just saying. They'll have plenty of water uh, for the crops because it just constantly rains over in the UK anyway. So There you go. There's my bitch at the fucking mother country. <laughs> Plus, if they have a moat, I mean, the zombies will just sink to the bottom and unless they can crawl out somehow, they'll eventually rot away into nothing because they'll be bloated and gross. And Yeah, I really want to see this movie now. Damn it. Somebody make that. Um, drop right, bear so, movie first. What's that? I said the drop bear movie first. Then we, <laughs> can get on, we can get onto that. that movie. That's already in the works, though. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm no. Jet. Combine the ideas. Zombie drop bears. Oh, shit. This shit uh-huh. just got real. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there's your opening scene. Uh, an outbreak of zombie drop bears. Oh, God. Now, that's the sequel. Okay. Fair enough. There we go. All right. So, second question. Uh, last question, I should say. Have you ever been so lost that you started to panic? No. I'm Australian. You just use the freaking sun to guide you. You know, you've seen Crocodile Undie. I can tell the time by the sun. That's because you're part Aboriginal, though. Oh, well, that's true. No, I haven't been lost. How do you get lost? Still don't get when people panic, you get lost. They made a whole show about it. It's not that hard. Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, yeah they took off from Sydney, Australia to go, go get lost, too. So. And I've never seen it. No, neither have I, but the, the plane left from Sydney, Australia, flying to uh, Hawaii, I think it was. I don't know, but yeah. And it crashed, and it turns out they're all dead at the, in the first place, and they're in um, purgatory, from what I've no, heard. I don't need to watch that show. Yeah, well. It's been mentioned many a times now. I'm not spoiling anything. And I have not watched it. I've seen bits of it. Never watched the show. I couldn't stand it. So. Josh? Well, as you well know from back in the day, the reason why I don't panic so much when I get lost is because I have a multi-decade career of mastering getting lost. Before the advent of the GPS, uh, I've been chronically directionally challenged. Uh, constantly going the wrong way, down the wrong street, uh, persisting that I'll eventually find my own way without asking for directions or resorting to a map and frequently finding myself minutes or hours off course. And I think the only reason I have never gotten so lost I've panicked is because I'm so used to being lost that uh, it's a commonplace, not not a thing to panic about, not, not any more than waking up or having breakfast. <laughs> Well, there's the infamous story of, of you know, walking home from Sub-T's to our apartment, which you could pretty much see our apartment from Sub-T's. And uh, you were you were gone a good half hour or more. I don't know. It was like two Yeah, I made away. a couple of wrong turns. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I knew the happened. way. Yeah, thought I knew the way it was wrong. Uh, yeah, it turned out to be a long cut. Yeah, very long cut. We're like, where's Josh? He couldn't have gotten lost on the way home. I mean, you can see the the you can see it from here. Uh, infamous story. Well, I saw that question in the list. I mean, it's not like these were written specifically for tonight. I pulled them out because of that. But um, so, as far as that goes, and I don't know, you may have been there that night, Josh. But one of the first times I went into Chicago after I moved to uh, to Chicago to go to school. Um, a bunch of us hopped in the car to go downtown to go. I think we were going to play battle. Um, what do you call it, Josh? Uh, uh, Battletech. Yeah, yeah, we were Battle going to go down to play Battletech at at the uh, was it Navy Pier? Uh, no. North Pier at the time because uh, Navy Pier is still a thing, but North uh, yeah North Pier is no longer there. Yeah, North Pier. That's right. And I don't know that. I mean, I, it seemed like you were with me, but you know, not knowing our way around very well yet, and being kind of new to that particular area. Uh, you know, driving downtown, coming from a smaller city, and that was that was problem number one. Number two, I had no idea where I was going, so that made things uh, on top of that even worse. And number three, I was only about year, less than a year since I'd been mugged, 
So being in a, a place where getting out of the car and being surrounded by a whole bunch of people that I didn't know and and it was nighttime and, and just feeling really out of out of whack because of everything else, I completely kind of freaked out. And at one point after driving around for a while and just starting to feel that kind of all build up, I remember turn, turning around, shutting down, getting back on the highway, driving back to the campus. As soon as we got to the campus, I parked, stopped the car. I didn't park it. I just stopped it, left it running, got out and said, you guys could take it and went in to the dorm and stayed there and everybody else took the car, I think, and went back downtown. But yeah, I, I freaked out. I panicked pretty hard that night. So I don't know if you remember that, Josh, but. This might be a, one of those fuzzy periods we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Fair enough. All the drinking. Yeah, because uh, the Battletech part uh, sounds familiar, but the rest of it, it's all a blur. And and I did eventually get down to play Battletech because we went during the day at one point, and I remember we played. I played at least once with you guys. Um, yeah, I some... think you also played. What was the name of the racing game where you had the uh, loaders, like uh, Red Planet or something? That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I just remember getting I know the it was printouts a... from it. Yeah. Back back in the day, as it were. So, all right. I, we don't have an official guest, could guest, co-host for next week. Good Lord, we've been doing this a long time, and I still said that. Um, so I've got some feelers out there, but if anybody's interested and they hear the show prior to next Saturday, send us a, a message, let us know. And before we leave, uh, I have to recount this story. Uh, my mother was in uh, having an operation last Thursday week or whatnot. She had a prolapse, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she was on the phone talking to me about what happened, and then she told me what they stitched up, and she goes, they stitched my pussy up as well. Whoa. So I heard my 65-year-old oh. mother refer to her vagina as a pussy, not once, but twice. She mentioned <laughs> that her nurse had to come and look at my pussy. I'm going, mother, and she just giggled. I said, mum, I'm going to mention this on the podcast. So <laughs> my 65, 65-year-old mother referring to her little parts downstairs as pussy it was it didn't bother me it didn't bother her but i just wanted to recount the story so it's on record so there you go mum. everyone knows now that you tell me that you call your vagina a pussy so, <laughs> yes it was funny it made me giggle and i said mom come on but yeah that's the sort of relationship i have with my mother with everything's open and honest so yeah it was a very very fun phone call well I, I speaking of good mom stories, I mean, my my adopted mom is is older, so she tends to stray away from that kind of thing. But my my birth mother, who's who's much younger than my adopted mom, um, I'll never forget when uh, she and I were driving down to Sam's Club one day and she's she loves she loves new music just like I do. And, and we like to share music back and forth. Um, and so we're driving down. And this was like when CeeLo first kind of was going off on his own and fuck you had just kind of hit the airwaves but she was so excited she's like i want you to hear this song and she popped in the you know the the actual album uh well not the lp but uh, the cd into the player and she rolled down the windows turned it up really loud and started playing fuck you as she's driving down to uh sam's club and was singing along with it and actually it would have been costco i guess technically because she's not a walmart fan but you know, she's, what, 17, almost 18 years older than I am. 
and that was a, that was a fun time. But that's my mom. Josh has met her. She know, he knows. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I met Twyla. So, so he's for cool. Moms. Just to recant that story. Yes. So, okay, let's get to the promo plugging stage. Uh, Josh, why don't you go first? What have you got to plug? Save Joel for saying having to say one of them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the biggest thing I've got going on right now is, of course, 40 going on 14, uh, where we talk about uh, pop culture from the 80s and 90s, uh, especially the things that have been remade or never really went away. And uh, we compare the old to the new. So, yeah, you can check us out at uh, www.40go14.com. And uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry. See, I know it all. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. Do and I hear Saturdays it? at noon? Saturdays, on Life Radio. Yes, <laughs> and on the musings of the Geek Network. <laughs> yes, I do listen to the show. That's Plus, awesome. I get Joel plugging it every week for me, and he he's getting better at plugging. So let's see how he does this week. Plug away, Joel. All right. Well, first of all, I just have to throw this out there. I did talk to the mic this week, and. Um, as soon as he gets back, he said he's going to start getting the ducks in a row. So obviously, Oblivious will be returning. Um, I had to check in because it had been a while since we talked about it. And I've been getting questions about it periodically from various people. So just a heads up, the mic said it will be officially a thing, um, just not yet. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Uh, the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, which is my six-song musical mixtape, as it were, uh, with music and musings. That will be dropping on Sunday. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and other fine podcasting directories. Um, the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, KPANTS. I also do a show called uh, The Creeper Cast, but not in a podcasting sense. I do it in a writing sense. Um, I get a new review dropping every Saturday. Um, and then I'm also reviewing independent films that have no distribution or very minimal distribution. Um, as another side project for the site, which those come out on Sundays after I do them. I'm trying to do about once a month. I've got a backlog of about seven films that I'm sitting on right now. And occasionally I do other things. Like I just wrote an article for them about Rob Zombie's upcoming film 31, which is kind of a, a neat project because it's all being crowdfunded rather than going through a studio. And it's currently shooting right now. It's actually about to wrap up production. Uh, so if you'd like to learn more about it, I dug up some nice juicy tidbits of information, and that article just went up uh, this last week. So that's keeping me busy at creepercast.com. And then, of course, the other shows, Coffin Joe Cast with Killa and Fortigoing 14 with Josh. And Pat. All right. And Mike. Yes. All right. As usual, I'd like to plug uh, the Bad Parenting Podcast, our good friend Justin over there, who helps us out over here. Make sure you check out his show. Other thing I want to... Say is, go Australia, fuck New Zealand, we're going to win the World Cup today. Sorry, Nikki, you can go cry into a beer or something, we're going to beat you. Anyway, sorry, that's another dig at New Zealand. I will play my didgeridoo after the song, I haven't played it tonight. And uh, so, so, to leave us tonight, what both teams, New Zealand or Australia, are going for is the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail of the World Cup. So I thought I'd play Hunters and Collectors Holy Grail, so... Here she comes. Good night, everyone. Good night. Night. Good night. Oh, so
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.